Cleopatra, Mark Antony sees the Queen for the very first time in 41 BC. Bear with me, this is about sea silk. He wrote, The barge she sat in like a burnished throne burnt on the water. The poop was beaten gold, purple the sails, and so perfumed that the winds were lovesick with them. The oars were silver, which to the tune of flutes kept stroke, and made the water which they beat to follow faster, as amorous of their strokes. For her own person, it beggared all description. She did lie in her pavilion, cloth of gold, of tissue, O picturing that Venus where we see the fancy outwork nature. <laughs> the cloth of gold tissue Shakespeare wrote about to describe what Cleopatra wore when she first met Antony was likely Bice's cloth, also known as sea silk, mermaid silk or sea wool, the finest, most highly prized fabric known to ancient Egypt, Greece and Rome. Believed to bring good luck, the rare Bices cloth is extremely light and warm and is made from fibres harvested from giant mollusks. One of its remarkable properties is the way it shines when exposed to sunlight. It glows with an unbelievable richness. It's so lightweight that a pair of women's gloves made from the fabric are said to fit into half a walnut shell and a pair of stockings into a snuff box. Keep listening. This is the world's rarest thread with an exotic, myth-shrouded history. Hello and welcome to the Stitch Safari podcast, a sprightly and upbeat expedition into the alluringly appealing ambrosial world of history, art and embroidery. Each fortnight we'll trek through and discover the utilitarian, the decorative, the quirky and the just plain fun world that is the art of the needle. My name's Kathy Jack Copeland and I'm the Stitch Safari Expedition Leader. I'm an Australian textile artist, teacher, judge, blogger and stitch enthusiast whose work in contemporary machine stitch became my business. The word silk conjures images of plump, milk-white silkworms happily feeding amongst a mass of rich green mulberry leaves. Well, sea silk, bice's cloth, mermaid silk or sea wool, all names for the same thing, are not even closely related to the silk made from silkworms. In fact, this fibre is aquatic, produced by a mollusk endemic to the Mediterranean Sea, the noble pen shell, Pina nobilis or fan mussel. These large bivalves can live up to 25 years and can measure up to a metre in height. They attach themselves to the sea floor or onto rocks by exuding hundreds of fibres or tufts of silky filaments known as byssus, which harden upon contact with seawater. Once extracted from the shell, Cleaned and spun, these fibres possess a richly dark chestnut colour, similar to that of burnished gold seen on some insects. 
Now, Bice's cloth was so precious, it was mentioned on the Rosetta Stone from 196 BCE in descriptions of ancient Egyptian burial customs as the cloth to wrap mummies and also in the Bible. But we have to be careful here. In ancient writings, the Latin word bysis appeared to refer to both fine linen as well as sea silk, causing researchers great confusion. Was it the cloth of mollusks or flax? We'll never really know. Mesopotamian women used this exceptionally light thread to embroider clothes for their kings some 5,000 years ago. Robes were made for King Solomon, bracelets for Nefertiti and holy vestments for priests, popes and pharaohs. Cloaks were made for Roman centurions and it's thought to be the material that God commanded Moses to drape on the altar of the tabernacle. Chinese traders from the 2nd and 3rd century believed in the stories depicting water sheep, duck-like web-footed animals said to live beneath the waves of the Roman Empire, who deposited tufts of golden wool on rocks. Now, while we know aquatic sheep to be far-fetched, could this have been an early reference to sea silk fibre accidentally washed up on shorelines? It's a possibility. Chinese writers and poets also wrote of mermaids who were said to weave silk of supernatural delicacy. Su Kong wrote, Nothing for me but a handkerchief of mermaid silk stained with teardrops beyond counting. Li Shang Yin, writing during the Tang Dynasty uh, 813 to 858, wrote, I had a glimpse of the water god who looked wistful. Sell the mermaid silk no more, for the sea has turned into fields. I wonder if that refers to over-harvesting of the byssus even then. In the book, Bo Wu Ji by Zhang Hua, he writes, Beyond the South Sea, there are shark people, he means mermaids, who live in the water like fish, but spin raw shark silk. When their eyes shed tears, weeping tears become pearls. He goes on. Mermaids cry at least once a day. Their tears are not because they are sad. They cry because they feel the world is so beautiful. Greek writer Alcaphron mentions wool of the sea and some have suggested a connection with the famous golden fleece of Jason and the Argonauts in Greek mythology. Again, we'll never know, but these connections, however small, are so tantalising and beg further investigation. This treasured fibre made from cleaned byssus was known to the 6th century historian Procopius who recorded that the Byzantine Emperor Justinian I gave a gift of a sea silk cloak to five Armenian provincial governors. They must have had to share. <laughs> 13th century Arab traders have left similar accounts writing. One of the wonders of this sea is what is told regarding a certain animal which comes out of the water to rub itself on the shore whereby its hair falls out. 
These have the colour of gold and the softness of embroidery silk. It goes on. The value of a garment amounts to more than a thousand pieces owing to its beauty and rarity. Apparently, even then, export of this cloth was forbidden. Now, this isn't outside the realms of possibility, not that animals came out of the sea to rub themselves against rocks, but that from time to time, small tufts of sea silk could become disattached from their host and wash up on the seashore. And do you notice the similarity of this story to one from the Chinese traders of the 2nd and 3rd century? So these stories must have been traded too. These silken strands even enmeshed the British Admiral Horatio Nelson, who wrote of his plan to send his lover, Emma Hamilton, a pair of Bice's gloves. French playwright, novelist and poet Jules Verne's book, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, dresses his character, Dr. Pierre Aranax, in sea boots, an otter skin cap, and a great coat of byssus lined with seal skin, bringing this fabled cloth into a more modern context. World War II Italian fascists imagined byssus cloth might be used as camouflage, uh, covering aircraft and even gas masks. This was a fanciful notion, as by the end of the war, weaving byssus was confined to only a handful of Italian women. This is a fibre with the ability to ignite both passion and imagination. So there's little wonder myths, legends, stories and fanciful notions abound. So what exactly is involved in the gathering and fabrication of one of the rarest and most coveted materials in the world? It takes about 100 dives to harvest just 30 grams of usable strands of sea silk by carefully trimming the razor-thin fibres growing from the tips of this now critically endangered fan muscle. Nowadays the silk thread can be cut without any, any damage to the mollusk. In the past, however, they were killed. The fibres are desalted by submerging them in fresh water for 25 days, changing the water every three hours. These are dried, then cleaned using a carding brush to remove any remaining sediment. Then, using tweezers, each minute strand of pure sea silk is separated from the tangle of raw byssus. This weightless cloud of sea silk is twisted manually around a small wooden spindle. When the fibres form a long thread, they are dropped into a solution of lemon, spices and 15 different types of algae. Almost instantly, the threads become elastic. This is the legacy of one woman in particular, Chiara Vigo, from the Sardinian island of Sant'Antioco, whose family have been harvesting sea silk for more than 1,000 years. Many traditions and patterns have been passed down orally for from generation to generation in her family. Vigo says she weaves sea silk for the poor and for people in need. Vigo also states that the skill was brought to her island during the second half of the first century by Princess Berenice, 
great-granddaughter of the biblical Herod, Herod the Great. As of 2015, Chiara was still collecting sea silk, accompanied by members of the Italian Coast Guard. She considers Bices the soul of the sea and sacred as a result. This thread, once worn by emperors and kings, now adorns Christian, uh, children's christening robes or newlyweds' outfits. This aquatic heritage of harvesting, spinning, weaving and stitching using this exceptionally fine and rare sea silk is reverently practised and carefully protected by only a handful of women. Museums around the globe contain sam samples of garments made using sea silk, perhaps the only way we'll ever get to see this magnificent fibre. Collecting this strikingly beautiful natural fibre has been highly detrimental to marine ecosystems and now the Pina nobilis is protected under EU legislation. It's illegal to deliberately capture or kill a fan mussel. In fact, this critically endangered species is now fighting for survival with declining populations due to overfishing, trawling, the decline of seagrass fields and pollution. With evidence of a new species of parasite causing mass mortality emerging throughout the Mediterranean. In 2018, the International Union for Conservation of Nature called for Western Mediterranean countries to take action by establishing a rescue strategy. As of 2020, with a population depleted between 93 to 99%, fears are held for the very survival of the noble pencil. Populations in lagoons and enclosed bays have been less affected by these mortality events and these areas are being developed to promote the survival and recovery of this magnificent mollusk. Let's hope the scientific community is successful in their quest to save this critically endangered Pina nobilis. Bices cloth, sea silk, mermaid silk or sea wool has the lineage of kings and the in the imaginative stories of ancient traders. It has a rightful place as the noble cloth of gold, but right now these large bivalves just need to survive. What a story and what a fight. Thanks for listening. This has been one of my favourites. Next fortnight, we're stepping into a web of thread. Spider silk. We'll catch up then. Bye for now.